caution and common sense, but I'm not going to walk around assuming that everybody's out to get me because that just seems like sad. I'm not that sad. You're not that sad? (laughs) (laughs) I have good times. Okay. Hi there, neighbors. Welcome back to The Next Town Over. I'm Carson Costa, and I'm here with my co-host, Nicole Bennett. Hey, Today, we're sharing what we learned from our recent Airbnb nightmare. Signs that a listing might not be what it seems, and what to do if you find yourself in your own I don't want to bore you guys with everything that went wrong in Otranto. We tried that and recorded for three hours before <laughs> my laptop died. And we were, weren't even done ranting. No, so. we, yeah, we weren't done. So if you want the full story, you can read it on my blog, Pushpins and Passports, at CarsonCosta.com. I've also considered trimming the three-hour recording down and releasing it as a bonus episode at the end of the first season. If that's something you're interested in, let us know on our Facebook page at NTOPod. As for what happened in Otranto, suffice it to say, we got to see Murphy's Law in action. And for those that don't know Murphy's Law, it's everything that can go wrong, will. The review Nicole left at the end of our stay summed it up really well, so we're going to start with that. Upon arrival, the place was not clean. Federica had it cleaned a few days later. But after it had been, quote, cleaned, we still had to sweep dirt and pet hair, wash the couch covers, and clean the kitchen. There is no Wi-Fi in the main apartment. There is a router in the adjoining apartment. However, the signal does not reach beyond one room on the far side of the apartment. When asked to fix this, hosts tried to use a SIM card to give us Wi-Fi. That failed. Then a Wi-Fi extender, which also failed. We stayed for several weeks and had constant issues. Rain came through the windows, forming large puddles under the beds. Mold grew all over the floors. The couch was missing cushions and was unusable. It was not as pictured. And there were no countertops in the kitchen. Hosts could not fix these issues. Both Frederica and Marcella are nice people and tried to help, but each solution fell apart after a few days. The place is not as pictured. It was the same building, but the interior is unwelcoming and pictures are misleading. There was no hot water in the kitchen. Yeah, this hits the main points, but I want to emphasize that Nicole just listed the major issues and drastically simplified them. It's an extremely fair review and is favorable to the hosts, even though in reality, we felt that Frederica, who was primarily handling the listing, was manipulative at best. Yeah, at the time um, that we posted the review, Frederica had already agreed to provide us a partial refund and had failed to do so. She sent me frantic messages saying that she would give us the refund if I took the review down. I refused on our behalf, and we figured that was that. We are extremely happy with the Airbnb we're in now, (laughs) um, and we're happy to leave all the drama and negativity behind. You know, just just moving forward. She got out of paying us $400 for the partial refund. So you'd imagine she'd be happy. Yeah, you'd imagine. You'd imagine. That's what you'd hope. So I, we figured that, that was, it was done. However, <laughs> <laughs> we then received a notice from Airbnb saying that we'd been accused of review manipulation, basically blackmailing Frederica to give us a refund to avoid a bad review, and we're given a black mark on Nicole's Airbnb account. If it were to happen again, they said, we would be blacklisted. They did this without any proof and did not even ask for our side of the story. They also removed the review. We've tried to contact Airbnb about it and have offered proof that the exact opposite happened. Frederica tried to bribe us to remove our review, promising to follow through on the refund if we took it down. But they kept shutting down the case without even referring it to a real person. 
Instead, we get automated responses saying it's been reviewed and closed without answering any of our questions. Yeah, that was extraordinarily frustrating. Yeah. I And again, we figured that this was a closed, it was a done deal. She got out of paying us the refund. We left a completely fair and accurate review. Fix the things and you won't have any other issues. Yeah, and you even told her that. You said, look, I can't change the review, but if you fix these things, I'm sure you'll have better reviews in the future. Yeah, and my review was not particularly damning. It was just These honest. things went wrong. Some things are not as pictured. Wi-Fi is promised, and that's not accurate. Yeah. They tried to help, and they couldn't. And if those are things that you're okay with, it shouldn't stop you from staying there. But if you arrive the way we did and look around and go, oh, no. This is not the place that I booked. <laughs> this doesn't look anything like the pictures. You deserve the, that transparency. Yeah, you deserve to know. And we figured that as customers, we would have wanted to know ahead of time. Yeah. This most recent development with Airbnb contacting us to say that there had been a black mark put on the account because we'd been accused of blackmail, which really grinds my gears. Yeah, that's not okay. Because it's it's now you're calling into question like my like you're you're blackening our reputation right. and calling into question our integrity, mm -hmm. and that bothers me so much more than whatever nonsense you're pulling with your shady business. Yeah, absolutely. So this latest development raised several concerns with us uh, because of the way that Airbnb handled it. First off, the fact that they removed the review despite it being totally fair and honest. And accurate. Accurate. Even portrays the hosts in a good light because we said that they tried to help, but they just weren't able to. Or you said they tried to help and they just weren't able to. So the fact that they removed that review anyway, that's a concern. Yes. Yeah. Because then it raises the concern of, well, how often does that sort of thing happen? Mm -hmm. And if all it takes is a host basically come crying to Airbnb and they just remove all the negative reviews, how can you expect the reviews to be accurate? or portray the property in a realistic way. Right. The second concern they raised was our inability to access help. And the fact that even though Airbnb says that you should try to solve problems with the host first before going to Airbnb with them, that when that falls through, there's no protection mm -mm. for us. They say that there's air cover and that you are protected, but then it doesn't seem to, there doesn't seem to be follow through. Yeah, because we explored that option when we first got there and considered leaving. Mm -hmm. And we realized that we couldn't guarantee that we would have the air cover and be able to get out with a full refund mm -hmm. or have another place, you know, backup. We didn't know that it was going to come through for us enough. Yeah. And we didn't want to risk angering the host in case she kicked us out or something else bad happened. Yeah. So we didn't trust their air cover either. We did try to contact them after they notified us of the black mark on the account. Mm -hmm. And they just said, oh, well, it's been too long. Past due now. That, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Also, hey, try our... Resolution Center. Resolution Center. And um, try that. And we were like, that's what we contacted you through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third concern, they made a decision against us without any follow-up. Yeah. What's bonkers is the fact that they just took her word for it because there's no way to interpret the text messages and messaging back and forth that I had with Federica as me pushing for a refund as blackmail. No. So she must have just said, hey, they did review manipulation and they just took her word for it because I even sent Carson all the messages and said, hey, read this. Can you, you know, make it seem like I am blackmailing her? No. 
So I don't because I all of the conversations that you had with her about the refund were before the review even went up. A lot weeks before. Because we asked her about it two days after we moved in. Yeah. Because there had already been a bunch of issues. And we felt that we'd been inconvenienced enough that we deserved some sort of partial refund, some sort of discount yeah. due to the inconveniences. We talked to her verbally about it mm-hmm. because Airbnb says that you should deal with the host first. Mm-hmm. And she stopped by, answered some of our questions oh, or something. The times she had to come by to fix something. We talked to her about it at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked to this host more than we've talked to all of the other hosts that we had combined. Yeah. <laughs> and yet none of the problems ever got fixed. Anyway, she came by and we talked to her in person about it. And she said, oh, yes, of course. We have plenty of time to figure that out. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. We'll talk. And then she bolted out of there. We'll get lunch and and talk about it. Gone. And then we kept bringing it up every week to two weeks or so while we were there. Yeah. And come by once a week to fix an issue. Yeah. Or through text message. There was documentation of asking for the refund long ahead of time and her agreeing to it. Mm -hmm. And then it was only when she didn't follow through with that. At that point, because we were hoping to include the review the in the review that she did come through with a refund for us in the end. Yeah. We were going to talk about this stuff regardless. Mm-hmm. But being able to say it, we're so grateful that she was able to come through with the refund that we asked for in the end. So she, despite all the other issues, that happened. Yeah. We were waiting to post the review for that reason, hoping that we would be able to include that to give her a little bit more of a, you know, positive light in the review. But it didn't happen, so we couldn't include it in the review, and it was the last day to post the review, so we posted it. Uh, and then she started posting, started messaging Nicole, saying, oh, no, no, I'll come through with the refund if you change it, if you take it down. Yeah, they didn't bother to check, to cross-reference anything, proof. They had to have taken her word for it. Yeah, because... Again, we went through all the transcripts of the messages. There's no instance there where you say anything along the lines of, I will change the review if you give us money. Nope. At no point did I say, I will write a bad review unless you pay us. At no point did you say, I will change it to a good review if you pay us. If she can't possibly have provided them proof. And again, they didn't even ask us for our side of the story. They Mm -hmm. just took her word for it. It just seems like a really bad business practice. Right. Because it, then it's so easy for the you know bad actors to just come in and say, oh, well, this person did me wrong. And they go, oh, okay. And then they play right into this person's hands and manipulations. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this raised a lot of concerns with us. It made us realize that we can't necessarily trust the listings on Airbnb and we can't trust Airbnb to have our back if things go wrong. So we wanted to do a podcast for you guys explaining, first of all, how to assess a listing so that you can try to avoid bad listings ahead of time and not have to deal with it at all. And then if you do end up in a situation like this, because of course you can't weed out all of the weeds, <laughs> how to deal with it and how to try to protect yourself from it quickly and effectively. Things that we've learned. So first off, when you're looking at the photos. If the picture is taken at a weird angle, why? Right. Does it show everything? Are things weirdly absent that are listed in the listing and yet there aren't pictures of it? So I was thinking about like in the, uh, the Otranto bathroom pictures mm-hmm. where they only showed us the one corner of the bathroom. And you couldn't see like the toilet and stuff. And it turned out the reason for that was because it was a really weirdly configured bathroom. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that like the way that they angled the pictures in the kitchen. Right. So it's like, oh, it looks like it should have all these things. 
And then you get there and you're like, that's not even, po- oh, that's why they took that picture at that angle. Yeah. Because they can't show it in the regular way. Yeah. Or even just in the rooms. If it takes a picture of a room, but it only shows you three corners and it's not clear what's in that corner, mm-hmm. be suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're not saying that you can't go to these places. It's just kind of a caution. Keep an eye on these things. And when there's too many of them, maybe yeah. reconsider. Yeah. All of these things here are just things to look for. And of course, some people just don't know how to do a listing. And so yeah. they're not going to be quite as thorough. But if you do notice that they show you, like my parents, they booked a VRBO, which is kind of like an Airbnb, just a different company in Paris. And my mom was all paranoid about it after hearing all the things that went wrong in Toronto. So she asked me to look at it to assess it for whether I thought it would be a good listing or not. And on this point, oh my gosh, every single room had a photo taken from every single angle. You, I could have rebuilt this place in a 3D <laughs> model if I wanted to. That's what we like to see. That's how many photos there were. That is awesome. If you can see all of those details, literally everything that's in the apartment, you can walk it through it in your head. That's great. Yeah. That's probably a really good listing. But when things are absent, that's a bad sign. And again, that might just mean that they don't know how to do a listing and they didn't take as many photos. Right. It might be nothing, but it's one thing to look at and consider. And that kind of goes for all the things that we're going to talk about today. Right. Um, another good sign is if it includes things that are unflattering to the space. I mean, they take a picture of like an ugly shed that's out back so that you know. They're probably being pretty honest with the rest of their listing. They know that that's not something you want. However, it is. it does come with a property, so you should be aware of it. Yeah. That's a good note. Yeah, we like it when people are being upfront and honest about things. They're probably going to show you anything else that's wrong, too. And if you don't see anything else that's wrong, then, hey, cool. And at that point, you know and you can decide if that's something that you're willing to accept or not. We also recommend looking at other listings by the same person. Because something we noticed after staying in the place in Toronto for a while, we went back and looked at the other listings by the same owner, the same managers. And... They used all of the same bedspreads and tablecloths and decorations in all of the listings. So we realized all of the cute little elements that made it look homey and warm and comfortable, those don't stay in the apartment. What we got was cold and detached. And that's because all of the things that were in it that would have made it homey got taken out. And they were just there for the pictures. Yeah, they were just stage props. And then they were removed promptly. Yeah. Yeah, like staging an open house for, yeah. you know, a real estate deal. And that's to be expected to some extent. But we're talking about every single detail. Yeah, everything was just, it was stripped down. The yellow bedspreads, gone. It just yeah. everything that could make it homey and warm, been stripped away. And she seemed shocked when we asked for things, too. Yeah. Because when we got there, there was one thin quilt on each bed. <laughs> In the middle of winter, this December, I mean, it's, yeah, it's Italy, so it's not freezing cold there, but it's definitely chilly. And especially this place was drafty and cold and wet. All we had was this thin little quilt. And when we asked for comforters, she was like, oh, but there's quilts on the bed already. And we were like, that's not enough. Yeah, we'd like quilt, we'd like a comforter too, please. And then finally she was like, okay, fine. And she gave us comforters. And I'd like to note, there wasn't heat in this place, which is its own separate issue. But we kind of knew that going in, that there this is an old building. That we didn't ask her in advance for heaters and she didn't provide them until more than halfway through our stay. Yeah. So look in various photos to see if 
the same decorations are used repeatedly and the same, you know, comforters, same tablecloths, same, sometimes it's like the same bowls are mm-hmm. in each place. That means that those things are not going to be there and don't expect them to be. Yeah. So imagine the place stripped down. Also, understand the realities of older buildings. Those antique stone ceilings look really great in pictures. They're a lot less fun when they're poorly taken care of and they're raining debris on you, especially yeah. when they're in the kitchen yeah. and they're raining debris over the stove. Or, you know, in the bedroom and you wake up covered in dust. Yeah, that's fun. That's gross. Also, those older buildings, they tend to have more problems like leaks. Part is because the, you know, the host did not maintain it well. Mm-hmm. But those buildings are old and they don't have. And that's the point is that you are taking a risk with them mm-hmm. because you have to decide how much you trust that host to be taking care of that building. Because if they're really well maintained and taken care of, it's probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, really bad, you're going to have a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Also, fully equipped does not necessarily mean fully equipped. And that's kind of gone for every place we've been in. We'll get somewhere like, this is their defini- definition of fully equipped. <laughs> because we're missing this and this and this and this. This place doesn't even have scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been very, I mean, that's been very interesting. But you, you get through it. But yeah. yeah, be aware that your idea of well-equipped and their idea is not the same yeah and some places are really great and they'll take photos in all the drawers of all the things that are in the kitchen which is awesome yeah (laughs) because then you know exactly what's there some places don't and they just claim to be fully equipped or like our host no toronto they could lie she claimed in the listing that there would be soap and toilet paper not only was that not true also the guests before us had left behind um, unused rolls of paper towels. Which we saw because the place hadn't been cleaned when we got there. Yeah. So we saw unused rolls of paper towels. And we noted, and we're like, oh, good. We don't have to buy paper towels. We came back when it was cleaned, and the cleaning staff had taken them with them. Which most of the Airbnbs that we've stayed at, things that are left behind by previous guests that are still usable, just stay in the Airbnb. Yeah. We frequently have been in Airbnbs where there were spices left over or pasta. Pasta, tea, toilet paper. Coffee. Yeah. Sugar. You know, staples that, that everybody needs. And, <laughs> like, they just leave those for the next guest. So that you don't have to buy everything when you get there. Particularly if you're staying short term, it doesn't make sense to fully stock a kitchen. Yeah. Like, to buy salt and pepper when you're only going to be there for a week and you're not going to use all of it. Mm-hmm. Or in Otranto, where you're supposed to buy four different kinds of garbage bags. I was like, I'm not doing that. No. I'm not buying four different kinds of, of garbage bags when I'm going to use two of each kind. Yeah. Out of a roll of 30. It'd be different if we knew that if we purchased them, someone else would be able to use them afterwards. Yeah. But the paper towels taught us that, no, the staff... Takes them all. Yeah. Takes everything you leave behind. Yeah. Because, again, like, if you leave it for the next people, then, and things get left for you, then you have to buy a few things, the next people have to buy a few things, but nobody has to buy everything. You're paying it forward. It's a yeah. community contribution. Yeah. Fully equipped doesn't necessarily mean fully equipped, and they can lie. Yeah. So don't assume that it's going to be fully equipped unless you see reviews saying that it's fully equipped and more than one. Mm-hmm. If multiple reviews say that they were surprised by how well equipped it was and that's great. Or if they specifically photograph things that they say are going to be in there, typically that's probably accurate. Yeah, typically. If they claim to have an amenity, but you can't see it in a photo, assume it's not there. 
for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just good practice because if you know they claim to have an oven and they've taken a picture of the kitchen and you don't see an oven, maybe there isn't one. We had a bit of a debate over <laughs> a property we were looking at in, was it France? Uh-huh. <laughs> because this place claimed to have an oven, but in the photos, we couldn't see an oven. And Nicole was like, I think maybe it's along this wall where you can't see in this one photo. And I was like, yeah, but if you look at this photo and you look at that photo, you can tell that there's no gap next to the wall there. It just like continues. And so I don't think there's space for an oven there. And she was like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> And reviews didn't say one way or the other about the absence of an oven or, hey, the oven works great. So we just kind of went with the assumption that there's no oven. There's no oven. <laughs> we didn't end up picking that place, though. No. We picked somewhere else. but Because we're taking our own advice. Because we're taking our own advice. Yeah. Uh, we've learned our lessons. So moving on, looking at the reviews. Mm-hmm. The number of reviews is a good starting place because if a place doesn't have very many reviews, you know, why? why? And also then you don't really have enough data to go off of. Yeah. Enough information to look at. And you want to consider the reviews of the listing you're looking at, reviews of the host, and reviews of other listings by that host too. That's another thing that I think we learned from Otranto was that you don't want to just look at that listing but other listings can provide valuable information about the host and potentially about the place that you're booking as well. Well, we had looked at her other places, but they all been good. Problem is we didn't notice the pattern. Yeah. The gaps in reviews. Yeah, the big gaps in reviews. Because, you know, to run a successful business, renting out places on Airbnb, you kind of want to have them rented out consistently. One renter a year is not going to pay for the upkeep costs. So if there are big gaps in the reviews, months where there's no reviews, yeah, uh, potentially there's people that just didn't leave a review. That's possible. However, if it's consistent, if it's more than just like there's a gap here or there, then that's quite possibly because negative reviews have been removed. Because when Frederica was talking to Nicole about trying to get her to take the review down, she told us that she has gotten people to take reviews down in the past. And then when we we refused, and this happened with Airbnb, we figured that anyone she couldn't convince to take down bad reviews, she did this and got Airbnb to do it. Yeah. So when we're looking back at the reviews of this place, and there's entire years mm-hmm. where there's just no reviews, we figure it's because they were all bad ones. And we looked at other reviews of um, her other listings. Same thing. Same pattern. Six months, a year between reviews. Meanwhile, most of, I think most of the places that we've enjoyed have pretty consistent reviews. Like there might be a month where there wasn't a review, um, but then maybe the next person says, oh, we stayed here for six weeks. Yeah. Uh, Or there's a month where there's no reviews, but it's not consistent. And it's possible, of course, that the place was empty Uh or that that person just didn't leave a review. Yeah. That happens. But if it's large gaps or consistent, that's a problem. Yeah. If the place has three reviews and it's over a span of like three years, red flag. Yeah. Very red flag. Also consider the depth of the reviews. If they don't have something specific to say, that's not a glowing review. Even if they say it was good, if they can't say anything about it that was good, then that means it wasn't really good. They're just being nice. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's, that's kind of 
Maybe they didn't have any specific problems. However, that doesn't mean it's a place that is deserves the five star rating. Yeah. Uh, so look for things like this host really went out of their way to help us. Uh, this host was so warm. The place was very clean and comfortable. Anything. It doesn't have to be a long, lengthy review, but they need to have something specific to say about it. If they just said, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. <laughs> I guarantee it wasn't great. Also, host responses to reviews. The way that a host handles their reviews says a lot. Yeah, if if the host is constantly, you know, thanking guests for their stay and has something memorable to, st- to say about them, that's a good sign. How they handle bad reviews is even more important. If you read a negative review and the host goes off on them and loses their mind, that is a bad sign. We've read plenty of both, where someone had something negative to say and the host said, here are the concerns that you've listed and here is why these things have happened and what I did to fix them. Or what I'm doing to fix it now. Yes. If they weren't able to fix it, sometimes they're honest about that. And they'll say, I'm so sorry that you had this experience, that we weren't able to fix that for your stay. I am doing these things to make sure it doesn't happen again. That accountability is yeah, very important. Addressing it specifically and in a calm and professional manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus someone having a negative comment about the listing and the host getting personal yeah about it yeah particularly depending on the bad review because sometimes bad reviews we've seen a bad review where somebody was incredibly aggressive and mean and just nasty in the review and the host responded calmly and professionally and addressed each concern it was very very clear that the host probably was in the right there because they were calm they're professional they had explanations Whereas we've also seen the opposite, (laughs) where somebody made one comment about like, oh, it was great. This happened. This was good. We liked this. However, it got cold. Yeah. And then the host responded by going off and getting emotional and angry and saying snarky, mean things. Yeah. It's like, that's not the kind of person that you want to deal with. While still attempting to paint themselves in a good light yeah like well you didn't take advantage of my hospitality and kindness and if you had only asked i would have been you know bent over backwards to help you yeah that it's it's the the guest's fault Mm -hmm. they don't take any sort of responsibility or anything they don't apologize for the bad experience or the negative aspect particularly when it's something small like that where everything else was good and they just had this one thing that was wrong and the host gets all personal about it yeah that's not the kind of person that you want to be dealing with no because if anything goes wrong while you're there they're gonna blame you that's not what you want and they're not gonna be helpful no that was the thing that blew my mind most about frederico was I feel like she was being deliberately unhelpful. Yeah. I mean, when trying to fix the Wi-Fi, even her mother, Marcella, was like, well, the Wi-Fi can't reach because the walls in this castle are six feet deep. Yeah. No, the walls were legit six feet deep between this room that we had Wi-Fi in and the rest of the apartment because that room was originally part of the other building. So there was six feet of wall, of stone wall, in between that room which still wasn't the room with the Wi-Fi in it. The Wi-Fi was in the neighboring apartment. It still had a good three feet of concrete wall through it. Yeah. And then, you know, our apartment was past all of this. Marcella didn't really speak English, but the third time that we were trying to deal with this Wi-Fi issue, 
uh, Marcella was standing there. She's measuring the wall with her hands and gesturing to it and speaking Italian to Frederica and being like, look, look, it doesn't, it, the Wi-Fi won't come through. And you could see her gesturing. And, and we understood enough of the Italian to, uh, to get what she was saying. Yeah. And, but Frederica very quickly was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, don't tell them that. It was very shady and very clear that she, she didn't want to help. So yeah. if you see that in the reviews, that the host clearly isn't interested in helping, they're going to behave that way with you too. Yeah. Also, something we discovered, bad reviews get sent to the bottom Often. for some reason. Yeah, you'll be scrolling through the reviews and the last year and a half of good reviews is right up front. Yeah, and they're chronological. So it tricks you because it looks like they're in chronological order and you're seeing all the reviews. Yeah, you think you are anyway. One time I was just scrolling through reviews through a place that we were really considering and we really liked it. And then I got much further down and saw all of the bad negative reviews from the last couple of months. Yeah, they were the most recent ones were bad reviews. And I was like, oh, no, that's not good. I don't I don't like that. That's very uncomfortable. It's things like that that makes it hard to trust what you're looking at and Airbnb because they're not looking out for you as the guest. They're clearly looking out for the hosts more. So you really have to do your due diligence and make sure you look at everything on that listing. Read every review. Do not trust that they're going to have your back or do right by the guest. Yeah. Because overall, that place had like you know, four out of five or something like that. But again, all of the previous like three or four, no, I think it was more than that. It was like, I think it was like six months worth of reviews. They were all bad. So I don't know what happened to make them all of a sudden just be all and not bad. like, oh, we had a bad time or this was missing. They were detailed. Yeah, and detailed. The things that they were detailing were deeply concerning to us. This is broken. This leaks. This is dirty. That window doesn't close. This, like, all of those sorts of things where it makes it barely livable <laughs> because it's the outdoors has come in. Okay, so moving on. Also make sure you look at the host. A super host designation is always a good thing. And we've kind of gotten to the point where we'll only book with super hosts. Mm -hmm. There are definitely parts where when you're looking at their or the host's profile, it says experienced host. Mm -hmm. I still don't trust it because Frederica and Marcella were experienced hosts and I would never go back to that place. No. I would not recommend my worst enemy that place. Yeah. And I, I want to clarify that, like, we mostly had trouble with Frederica. She was the one doing most of the managing. Marcella was lovely. And again, I appreciate that she tried to point out the Wi-Fi issue and her daughter just, like, shut her down. Mm -hmm. When we had the mold, she took my shoes to get cleaned free of charge, which was really nice. Very sweet. So she she tried. Marcella was a sweetheart. She definitely put in the effort. <laughs> yeah. Frederica. Mm. It's just that Frederica's the one that's in charge and she's the one that speaks English and she's the one that you deal with, which was another thing too, because Marcella's listed as the host. Yeah, but it's a picture of Frederica and Frederica's the one who messages you. It's very confusing too, because she doesn't introduce herself. Mm -mm. And then you call her Marcella and she's like, what? No, that's not me. Yeah, How would I know that? Yeah, very. <laughs> so, yeah, that, and I think part of that is that they have 11 properties or something. Something like that. I don't know, a lot of properties spread out across three or four different towns all over southern Italy, which is another thing that if they've got that much going on. And only a handful of reviews between them. That's a problem. That is a bad thing. Yeah. Another thing that I've noticed, most super hosts will have a guidebook and that's on Airbnb. This is a thing that Airbnb allows hosts to do. I think that if they have one, it shows that they've put in some amount of effort, that they care. 
because it does take time to put that together. And it's basically just a, a collection of things that they recommend in the area of the listing, you know, restaurants, sites to see, things like that. It's not that it takes a ton of time or anything or that it's a vital part of the listing, but if they've done that, it shows some element of care of investment in your time there. So I think that if they have that, it's a good sign. It's not necessarily a bad sign if they don't, but it's probably a good sign if they do. Also, what kind of promises does the host make? A lot of times in the descriptions, in the house rules, other drop down things, or even on the host profile, they will say a lot of things about, I can offer this service to you. If you need somebody to pick you up from the airport, I can arrange that. Feel free to message me for any questions or I will make arrangements to help you see this or the more detailed and specific and actionable the promises that they make are again I think that that is a good sign because it shows initiative it shows that they care and it's specific and actionable promise that presumably they expect to follow up on check for those promises being followed up on within the reviews yes I've noticed places where the host says I can help arrange some pickup from the airport and then I'll see reviews saying, yes, she was great. She helped pick us up from the airport. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Follow through. And that follow through is awesome because that was, again, something we noticed with Frederica is that she would promise all sorts of things and very rarely did they actually happen. Yeah. The promises typically were vague or, oh, well, we'll see what we can do. Oh, don't worry. I take care of everything. How? Yeah. What are you going to do? So the specific and actionable element there is, I think, the important part. Because anybody can promise to fix everything. Mm -hmm. That means nothing. Yeah. Empty words. Another thing to look at is how complete is the host's profile. A lot of the times, good hosts will have a little bio and description about themselves, where they live, what they love about the listing that they've got. Or especially if they only have a couple and they're like, oh, well, I love this town and here are the great things about it. They give you some personal info. That's a good sign, too, because, again, with the the investment and they they care. It's personable. They're trying to, you know, more than just a, like, a listing to them. Right. Yeah. A few other things. So read the fine print. When you're looking at a listing, make sure you go into every little drop-down menu, click on all the arrows, all the read mores. Look at everything, because sometimes hosts will hide extra charges under the house rules or other drop-down descriptions hidden deeper in the listing. Yeah, that was fun. And really, I mean, we thought like, oh, we've looked enough into this place. We've read the drop-down menus. We've seen the pictures. We have. We feel like we can do this. But then, then at like the bottom of one of them, it was... Yeah, at the <laughs> very, very bottom of the house rules, it said, you will be charged... For extra electricity, you will be charged for heaters. You will be charged if you want to use the AC. There were a million little charges that were like, For everything. What do you mean we'll be charged to use hot water? What are you talking about? Why is that not included? Yeah. So things like that can be at the very bottom of the house rules because they're trying to hide it from you. And that is a big red flag if they're hiding it. If they include things up front, that's one thing that they want you to know that's included. Yeah. Or rather, that this is something to note. If it's hidden, that's a bad sign. Those of you on Airbnb, typically most of those things are at least inc- like included in the price. Right. <laughs> it's expected that the price includes, you know, the majority of your utilities, mm-hmm. if not all the utilities. That's kind of how Airbnb works. You rent the place with utilities for the time being. So when they're adding those charges on elsewhere, they're doing it so that the price looks less than it actually is. 
which again is a very manipulative and shady sort of secretive lying technique. If they have a bunch of those extra charges somewhere else in the listing, that's you know a sign that they're being shady. And within those drop-down menus and descriptions, look for inconsistencies and contradictions. Mm-hmm. With it, when we went back to like really look at the listing for Otorano, we noticed that in her own description that she wrote, she included air conditioning. However, in the list of amenities that are included that you can select, she specifically selected that air conditioning was not included. Which it isn't. Which it isn't. And when you look at the pictures, you can tell that there's no air conditioning unit for mm-hmm. their yeah. fans. So things like that, keep an eye out. And again, when you're looking at the reviews, check to see if it says anything about things not being included that were promised. Another thing to do is um, cross-reference with other websites because Airbnb is not the only place they'll probably list their property. They'll put them on other places because the more websites you list it on, the better off you'll be. They actually made a whole movie about that. That Well, not that specifically, but the place was listed on two different websites and two different oh. people booked it for the same time. <laughs> What's that called? The uh, movie? Something, The Villa? Love the, in the Villa? Love in the Villa. Yep. Which was super cute. It was an adorable movie. Great movie. Not great in real life. <laughs> not great in real life. That would suck. Yeah. But check it out. <laughs> so they do do that in real yeah, life, so though. they do that. <laughs> they cross-post them. Yeah, they'll cross-post them. <laughs> which gives you the opportunity, because if someone booked that place through Airbnb and someone else booked it through Booking.com, their reviews will be in different places. And you can cross-reference photos, reviews, Mm -hmm. standards of, like, cleanliness and other things that are included one website but not the other. Yeah. Which would have been very helpful to know ahead of time. Yeah. We just figured that out, like, two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) So we were prepping for this episode and we're like, what are other things we can include? I'm like, oh, my gosh, they post them other places. And the reviews over here are not good. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. The last one, trust your gut. Honestly. Great deals exist. They do. But if something seems too good to be true, there's a good chance it is. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to find a fine, good apartment for a great price. It's another thing to find something that looks Instagram-worthy for a really cheap price. Yeah. Yeah. If you look like you're going to be a princess in this place and the price is more for a popper, don't trust that. Don't trust it. Especially if all the other things that we said apply. Mm-hmm. The weird pictures, the big gaps in reviews, the weird responses from the host. Yeah. By the end of the day, just trust your gut. Yeah. If it just feels like there's something hinky going on, even if you can't put your finger on what it is, then assume there's something hinky going on. Yeah. Because I especially remember we had dinner with a couple friends in Basano de la Grappa the week before we left for Toronto. And uh, we were telling them about this place. And... I remember saying, like, oh, I just, I have a bad feeling about this. Like, I, I just feel like it's too good to be true. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And we both were like, well, it's kind of too late to back, now, back out now anyway. Yeah. It was not fine. It was not fine. <laughs> it was not fine. It was several weeks of just crap. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, you can read about on that website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want the full full details? Uh, she's got three blog posts up currently. Currently. Yeah. We're going to have one more when we finally resolve this stuff with Airbnb, if we ever manage to yeah. resolve it. What to do if it does go bad? Yeah. You've done everything you can to avoid it. 
things still happen. You get there. Uh oh. Yeah. What do you do? Sometimes things go wrong. Like that just that's the way the world works. Sometimes things are out of the host control. Something goes wrong. And that's fine. It happens. Don't, you know, jump down the host's throat immediately because that's mean. Mm-hmm. But only give your host one chance to make it right. Yeah. Don't keep giving them chances. If they show you they can't come through for you, believe them. Right. Which we did. We arrived. The place was not clean. We told her. She set us up somewhere else. And when we went back, the place was not properly cleaned. Yeah. We should have, like... And it wasn't just that. Because when we called her... I mean, first of all, she seemed kind of irritated with the fact that we were bothering her. And we were like, the bed... One of the beds is made up. And it's been slept in by other people. Ew. (laughs) Like, we can't stay here. There are used towels. Everywhere. There's trash on the table. Like, there's a pile of pet hair in the bedroom. Gross. It's gross. So she did reluctantly then say, well, I do have this other place across town that you could go to. And then we had to drag our all of our stuff all the way across town at midnight. Thunderstorm. <laughs> and a thunderstorm. So, you know, that's not going above and beyond. Right. Which I get that you can't always drop everything. But, oh, here, let me call you a taxi so that they can take you to the new place. You know, something Mm-mm. like that. But no. And then we get to the new place and it was eh. not, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was eh at best. At best. Um, there was like dust and rust just clinging to all of the ceiling fans. Ugh. It was gross. So then we were like, this doesn't, if this is her idea of clean, yeah. questions. But we figured we would give her the chance to fix it. She said she would get it clean. She promised to meet us there at noon. She did not. She told us that we would have all day to move our stuff over from the apartment that she'd put us in temporarily to the place we actually booked. She did not. And the cleaning job was incomplete. Yeah. So she showed us that she couldn't come through for us. And we, unfortunately, did not believe her. Yeah. We kept trying to give her another chance. And it got to a certain point where it's just like, I, you know, it seemed like it was too late. We'd been there that long. Might as well just suffer yeah. through the rest of it. And we were still naive and hopeful that, like, okay, if nothing else goes wrong from here out, you know, this could be a nice place to stay if we put in our own elbow grease. We were wrong. We were wrong because everything just kept There's only wrong. so much you can do as a person to make a place more comfortable particularly when you're there temporarily yeah because i was like i'm not gonna go buy drain cleaner to clean her drains that she hasn't cleaned in who knows how long yeah i'm not gonna buy a curtain to put over the front glass door that people walking by can just peek in through which was another i'm not gonna go buy rugs yeah oh yeah there's no for rugs. The stone floors that are freezing cold no we did buy slippers though that helped yeah those slippers helped and we kept them so we, kept we have slippers yeah for long-term stays we recommend getting out of there it's worth it. It's worth it. Even if it means a monetary hit, if you can swing it, get out of there. We wish we had. And I think this is a consideration for short-term stays too, if it's in budget, because you're just you're going to enjoy yourself so much more if you're in a place where you're comfortable and you feel taken care of instead of just taking all of your energy up with just dealing with the... Yeah, because everything will wear on you eventually. A small shower that's kind of gross. At first you're like, okay, well, I mean, the shower has hot water and I can clean myself. And then by three weeks in, you're like, I hate this so much. 
I hate everything about this place. Particularly when it's every, when it's so many little things too. Yeah. And then just compiled with the big things. Mm-hmm. When there's nothing, nothing comfortable, nothing that makes you feel good. It's like then you just feel bad all the time. Also, document everything. Take so many pictures, your phone runs out of storage. Send them to other people in case something happens. Yes. Screenshot every conversation you have. Have every conversation by text whenever possible. Or do the office model. You'll have an in-person meeting and then send them a uh, review of what you discussed. Yes. I just wanted to verify that this is what we agreed to at our meeting today. Do it. If things go bad, I recommend not, not just text, but switch all communications to the app immediately. Because then not only do you have the text record of exactly what was said, but Airbnb has access to all of that. Yeah. They can read the transcripts themselves. If it's on a third-party platform through text message or WhatsApp or email or whatever, then, yeah, they don't have access to that. They can't see exactly what you've been doing. Who knows if that <laughs> matters or not. Yeah, because... it's better to have it on there whenever possible. Yeah. But still take screenshots because things can be deleted, problems, accidents happen, quote-unquote. Take screenshots anyway. Also, immediately alert both the host and Airbnb to the problem. Airbnb says you should try to go through the host first, but they will not back you up if you go that route without notifying them. Mm -hmm. So tell Airbnb, hey, this is a problem. I am trying to resolve it with the host, but I wanted it on record. This has happened. And then you have a record. Even if you only talk to a bot, there is now a digital record of you attempting to contact Airbnb about your problem. Yeah. And in addition, if you do for some reason decide to stay, take pictures of the way you left the apartment. Mm-hmm. Because if they're shady up front, they can be shady on the back end. And they might accuse you of breaking things, stealing things, leaving it disgusting, whatever, and yeah. charging you further for it. Take pictures if, you, if things are shady. Yeah. We were concerned because um, the place in Toronto, like we said, only had Wi-Fi in one room, and that room was not set up for guests. Now, the couch belonged in a dumpster, but we fixed it up. We used some other pillows and blankets and stuff to make it. We washed the cushions. We washed. We stripped that thing down and cleaned it. Vacuumed the dead bugs out of it. Yeah, there were dead things in it, which was fun and stains. Pretty sure she fished it out of a dumpster. We're pretty sure she got it out of a dumpster because also missing cushions. It was like the most hideous couch I've ever seen in my life. It was so uncomfortable. But anyway, we fixed it up. Found other other pillows around the apartment and like a couple of spare quilts and managed to make it usable (laughs) and we and we put it in in the room with the wi-fi because that room was not set up for guests there was nowhere to sit in there and it was the only place we had (laughs) wi-fi and the wi-fi thing wouldn't matter if she hadn't promised in the listing there would be wi-fi yeah but if you tell us there's going to be wi-fi and hi i'm a blogger yeah (laughs) kind of hard to do that without wi-fi you need to provide it Mm -hmm. if you say you're going to yeah it was quote unquote perfect for remote work it was not no no we moved the couch in there. Then we saw there was a $100 fine for moving any furniture. So we put the couch back before we left, but we were afraid that she was going to say that we moved the furniture because she'd seen that we moved it the many times that she'd stopped by to, quote unquote, fix our problems. So we took pictures as proof that the couch would got put back. Yeah, I took pictures of everything. Yes. The bedrooms, the bathrooms, the cabinets, inside the cabinets. Everything. And in part because when things came up now with Airbnb and we're having issues and like, oh, well, can you like send us pictures of what's went wrong? Yes. Here is 
all of the issues. Mm-hmm. I took 30 pictures of that mold. Yeah, pictures of everything. Nicole was very thorough. I'm very impressed. I'm very paranoid as a person, so <laughs> sometimes it comes handy. I unfortunately like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Which is why we work so well. <laughs> I will be paranoid of everything, and you can see the best in people. And yeah. Just, yeah. I believe in exercising caution right. and common sense. I just like to think the best of people until proven otherwise. We're still waiting for the end of the story, but ultimately we no longer trust Airbnb. Although we're still using the company and we've had far more positive experiences than negative ones, the way they handle customer service is extremely problematic. And it's clear that issues aren't adequately investigated. Nicole has sent the full story with the full transcripts of every message sent between her and Frederica, as well as photo evidence of everything that went wrong to Airbnb three times. And each time we received an automated response and a case closed notification without even an explanation. So we're making sure to do our due diligence with our booking from now on. And we recommend that you do too. Again, you can read the full story from piles of pet hair in the bedroom to overnight flooding to a carpet of mold at carsoncosta.com forward slash travel blog, or find the links to all three posts in the show notes. When we finally resolve this issue for good, there will be one more post to cap off the series. All right, neighbors, thanks for joining us today. If you heard something you liked, please support the show by hitting the subscribe button and reviewing us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find takeaways from today's show in the show notes, and you can find more information about the podcast and show notes for each episode on carsoncosta.com forward slash podcast. Please send us your questions, comments, and suggestions. You can email us at nto at carsoncosta.com or find us on Facebook at NTOpod. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back next week to keep making your world a little smaller. I feel like I say my name a lot. Bye. Oh, boy. <laughs>